You learn that there is life after the death of a spouse. And you don't have to curl up in a ball. You don't have to lose those treasured moments. Keep those things to heart and feed off of those things. And you will realize that you were truly loved. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of Hope Beyond Brokenness. Last week, we heard the inspiring testimony of Minister Oliver Lewis and his Hope Beyond Brokenness after his wife Veronica went on to be with the Lord. This week, we will listen to an interview of Carmelita Robinson, a nurse from St. Louis, Missouri, also the sister of our own Apostle Charles, and her testimony of how God gave her hope beyond brokenness. After the passing of her husband of 38 years, Joseph Robinson, we will move from his diagnosis to his passing and then to Carmelita's words of wisdom to those who are widowed. Details on how to listen to the entire interview will be provided at the end of this episode. My name is Stephanie Wright. Let's listen as we learn more about hope beyond brokenness. Dr. Hansen's reply was, your cancer has come back, and it's come back with a vengeance. And we sat there, and Joe looked at me. I looked at him, and he turned. He said, came back with a vengeance. How much of a vengeance has it come back? And it had metastasized to his uh, kidneys, his liver, uh, lymph nodes. So it was. it came back with a vengeance. And the word to us was, get your life in order. Get everything in order. My hubby got busy. I mean, real busy. I wanted to quit work. He said, no, no, you go on and go to work and let, let's just go on with the flow. I thought, okay. This man had already put things in order. And my daughter says, Mom, I said, what is it? She said, Daddy is breathing funny. I excused myself from Charles, walked over, and I told them to move. So everybody moves back. And I walked over, and I looked at him, and I called him. I said, baby, baby, and he didn't respond. So I picked him up and I held him. I held him close to me. And when I held him close to me, my husband took his last breath. And as he took that last breath, he became light as a feather in my arms. I mean, light as a feather. And I held him and I gathered my composure because my children were there, my grandchildren were there, Family members were there. And people usually feed off the way you respond. So I held him. And once I composed myself, then I laid him back down. I laid him down. One thing I would say to anyone that's going through a transition like this, 
understand your finances, have everything in order. Now, Joe and I were not able to finish out our will, our trust, power of attorney and things like that. But God put people in place for me that helped me do all of that and put things in order. And I I felt like I haven't had a chance to stop moving, taking care of business, um, the property at the lake, the home here in St. Louis. It was just things that needed to be done. And I thank God for the friends that Joe had because I could pick up the phone and call and ask about what about this? What should I do with that? And I mean, it just went smoothly. Now, the only problem I had was trying to refinance the house. And oh, my God, they gave me so much trouble. They asked for everything. I sent them everything. And they still told me, no. I said, well, what's my option? Uh, a modification. So I've done the modification did the modification. I, I love these people because they're like, uh, I don't understand how we were able to do this modification. I said, you don't understand, but I understand. I understand where it's coming from and everything. So, I mean, to go from point A to point B, it's not an easy thing. Now, my husband has been deceased. Should I say deceased? Well, yeah, he's been deceased for four years as of January 14th, 2017, four years. And we're looking at, had he lived through the month of January, we would have celebrated 39 years of marriage, but it was 38. So it's a lot of things that come up and things that you really should discuss and have in order and in place. I know Joe was in the process of refinancing the home because I picked up his cell phone and I saw so many calls on his phone. And when I hit it, it was one. And the young lady says, Mr. Robinson, I understand what the holdup now is on refinancing your home. And she didn't call back. But I called her. And she told me at this point that it had been closed and all that good stuff. But had he told me ahead of time that he was refinancing, I would have known what to expect. So it behooves us to have everything in order, have this conversation because we're not promised. We are not promised to be here forever. So have everything in order. Have this discussion, discussion with your spouse. If this were to happen, if that were to happen, how would you handle and what would you go through? But I thank God that my husband had the forethought and the love to put all of this and paperwork and having where I could see it, where I could, it was tangible. I could put my hands on it and pull from it. So it would just behoove you to have this conversation, even talk about remarriage and who would you marry and who you would want him to marry because it's a, a heavy conversation, but it can also be a light conversation because I did tell my kids, one person in particular, do not let this woman get her claws in your daddy, please. <laughs> but him, he never, ever, never, ever said anything about any man coming toward me because I had already told him that I would not remarry unless God had another Joe Robinson 
or something better than Joe Robinson. So it's just one of those things that you really have to have a conversation about. And I thank God for Vivian. Vivian, when I needed some legal advice, Vivian called me and gave me the information about Scott Air Force Base. And because I lived in Missouri, Scott Air Force Base gave me all the information I needed on the Missouri side to help things to just roll along and get it straight. So it behooves us to be able to put our finger or our hands on somebody that can help us and to carry us through anything that might come up. And a financial advisor would be a very good thing also because they can also help you with handling your monies and going from point A to point B so that living your life alone for the rest of your life, you know, if that's what you choose to do, will be a good transition for you. I had a little funny thing. I was at work and one young lady asked me if I was married. And before I could really say anything, I told her <laughs> I was divorced. <laughs> and I thought, of, I said, I'm not divorced. And she said, but I said, no, 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 no. I said, it was so easy to say divorce instead of widow. I said, but I said, I'm a widow. And she said, I would never know it. I said, why? She said, because when the conversation comes up about your husband, I think your husband is at home waiting on me. <laughs> I said, well, he is at home waiting on me. I said, but not the way you think. And she just looked at me and she said, oh, okay. I said, I don't know why I would say I was divorced, but I told her, no, I am a widow. And I'm just saying that because it just slid off my tongue. So like, and I thought, do you not want to be called a widow? And I never found it offensive. I never found it offensive to say I, that I was a widow. It was just one of those words I had to get used to hearing. I really had to get used to hearing it. So, I mean, sometimes you stand in the mirror and you have to practice hearing that word. Say it to yourself so that when someone says, are you the widow of Joe Robinson or are you the widow of Stephen? It doesn't shock you to hear that word. So I did kind of have to get used to saying widow. Now, as far as being without my husband and being approached by other men, now there was a guy, he never approached me. You know how people can love you from afar? And I happened to speak to him one day. And when I looked in his face, I was like, mm. and so I was on the run. I was running back. And I said, oh, my God, am I seeing in his eyes what I'm really seeing? And one of his friends told me, that man loves you. And I thought, uh-uh. I prayed about it. I told the Lord, do not let this man approach me, Jesus, please. I said, please, do not let him approach me because I'm not willing. I'm not ready. I just cannot see myself at this time being with anybody else. And I'm so glad I prayed because it ended up that very same man got sick, ended up he had cancer, and he passed away. So just because someone loves you and you can see it in, do not be so quick to run toward that thing because that may not be for you. 
Have there been lonely hours? Have there been lonely times? Yes. But in my prayers, I was sitting at the dining room table and I was praying. I said, Lord, you told me you would never leave me nor forsake me. You would be with me always. And I sat there. I felt the arms of the Lord just hold me, just holding on to me. And it startled me until I, I jarred and I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He just hugged me and held me. So in knowing that, that he would always be there to provide and to be like my husband, I have been able to get up, go to work. I don't want to retire. I thought I don't want to stay home, cleaning the house all the time. So I have continued to work. My wedding band, I will not take off. It's not uh, trying to ward men off or anything like that. I have not had anyone to really come forthright and say, I am pursuing you. No, no. And I think it's because I have told the Lord, I really cannot see myself remarrying. Joseph, I told him. I said, I'm only marrying one time in my life. I said, whether it's a good marriage or a bad marriage, one time in my life. And I thank God that it was an absolutely beautiful marriage. So maybe that's why I'm so reluctant to even, really, I have not even thought about pursuing. I have not thought about pursuing. One thing people wonder, uh, well, you need somebody to love you. And I think about it, I said, you know what? I have thought about the many times my husband held me. I close my eyes and I think upon the way that man held me. I don't need anybody else to hold me like that. Because when he held me, love just, I could feel it. I knew I was loved. So the loneliness, no. No, I can honestly say no. Do I need a man in my life? No, I really don't. And I have pondered, there's something wrong with me. Because I've had girlfriends to ask me over and over again, are you going to remarry? Do you have a man in your life? I had one girl even pick somebody out for me. I thought, uh, have you lost your mind? The young lady called me and I had a conversation with her and I had to tell her upright, baby, I'm not looking for a man. I'm not looking for a husband. And she said, are you serious? I'm content. So that's why I keep my ring on. In my heart, I'm still married to Joe Robinson. No, I have really not been approached by anyone and I'm not looking for anyone to really approach me. I have been busy, kept myself busy. I've done things with my girlfriends, my children, my grandchildren. I mean, just you learn that there is life after the death of a spouse. And you don't have to curl up in a ball. You don't have to lose those treasured moments. Keep those things to heart and feed off of those things. And you will realize that you were truly loved. So... These are things that each one of us, we have to learn how to handle it individually and just be prepared. Like I said, have that conversation. Have that conversation. 
because our children, our friends, our relatives will react to the way we react. So if you can take a deep breath and tell the Lord to compose you, then you do that. Because if you fall to pieces, the family will fall to pieces. So uh, I don't know what else I can tell you or give to you other than put God first. Let him lead you and guide you. And thank you. You may access the complete interviews of Carmelita Robinson and Vivian Shepherd under The Widow's Might on our YouTube channel using the at symbol followed by CG Missions or go to Charles and Stephanie Wright's YouTube channel. If you would like to share your story of hope beyond brokenness, email us at cgmpresents at gmail.com. We can also be reached on social media, Facebook at CGM Podcast International, and on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, use the symbol at cgmissions. To access all of our podcasts by category, go to cgmissions.com forward slash podcast. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations may be made through Cash App at dollar sign CG Missions.